This is the Mindvox podcast hosted by Claire Jacobs. Mindvox is a space to talk about our minds and mental health, so we cover topics that can be of a triggering or sensitive nature. We will always highlight the topics we cover in the show notes of each episode's description, so please read these before listening. Please note we're not medical experts, we're only experts of our own mental health experiences. To find out more about the pod or contact us, find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter using the name Mindvox Pod. Hi everyone, today is going to be an episode just with me and I'm going to be looking at Christmas, especially for those who are neurodivergent like myself managing Christmas and surviving it if you like. Obviously these tips can be things that other people who are not neurodivergent necessarily could also use but also if you know somebody who is divergent within your family I think it's a good thing to listen to and be mindful of about how they might be experiencing it so that you could possibly support them using these tips. So firstly for me I just want to explain that I think Christmas can be quite a confusing, overwhelming and stressful time for those with ADHD or autism or both. These neurological conditions are largely invisible to society and sadly we're still at a stage where they're largely stigmatised and not really the intricacies of them are not well known to people, the sort of hidden traits if you like are still things that are overlooked and, and a lot of people just are not aware of how it can really be a challenge at times like Christmas. Anything from being overstimulated by large crowds when you're trying to do your Christmas shopping, loud festive music in the shops, the pressure of buying things for lots of people, uh, you know, and then trying to make sure it's the right things for people, the anxiety of having many people to socialise with if that's something that you find quite difficult. And even the dread of receiving gifts, which is something that is massive for me that um, we'll be talking about in a little bit. It can be mentally and even physically painful to have to deal with these things, with the festive traditions and the expectations causing more stress and anxiety than we would usually have to try and manage with all of our traits the rest of the year. So I thought I'd talk about some ideas, some strategies to look at managing Christmas when you have ADHD or autism and even other neurodivergence like OCD and anxiety disorders and even depression really. Some of these tips could be welcome for all of them. So I hope it's helpful. If you have any tips as well, please leave comments. Um, I think I've now managed to work out the joy of some of the pod streaming services allow you to have questions on it that you can actually write in once you've listened, which is brilliant. So if you want to do that, please do. Otherwise, leave comments on our Instagram, inbox me, whether it be email, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, If you've got any further questions as well or ideas for podcast episodes next year. I've already got some in the pipeline, but obviously always happy to have more. But let's get back to this one. (laughs) So here's my first tips, really, and that's to do with relationships. Now, that could be family, friends, partners. But managing relationships with these people can be difficult at the best of times with ADHD and autism. But Christmas can make it that much harder. And for those of you that might have dysfunctional or emotionally distant families, it can be really hard to navigate. 
Similarly for newly blended families, step parents, co-parenting, you know, these things can involve complex relationships that you've got to try to manage, especially when you're trying to plan like who will have your children each day, what activities you're all going to be doing, even if you don't have children, just where you're expected to be as part of your family, who you're supposed to see, who will get upset if you don't, you know, those sort of things, Um, especially in that Christmas week with Boxing Day, Christmas Day, who's going where, who's cooking, those sort of things can be an absolute minefield at the best of times for anybody, let alone when you have neurodivergence and, and trying to manage these deadlines and making sure you've got everything and and you're pleasing people if you like so my advice for people at this time would be to make time for you and if you have one your partner that's a priority because you want to have things in your diary over this stressful time that you can look forward to amidst all of the stress and it's very easy to overlook ourselves and things like this when we're trying to make sure everyone else is getting their needs met well our needs matter too essentially we might not feel like it we may not believe that a lot of the time but they do another would be to work out whether there are any family or friends that you can be too busy to see so if they're likely to trigger you why don't you just prepare some excuses if you don't want to hurt the feelings obviously you know make out yeah why don't you fill your calendar with other events or people before they then approach you so that literally you're not lying you haven't got the space it's a bit of self-care really And for those people that you feel, you know, you have to see, but it's going to be difficult for whatever reason, maybe it's someone that just triggers you in a lot of ways or upsets you or or have their own conditions that don't necessarily work well with yours, plan ahead. So think about how you can manage some of the usual difficulties that crop up when you're around these people and look at, well, how can I? try and avoid that or or cope better with that this time you know go in prepared so for instance if there's a family member who is always critical to the point that it increases your anxiety could you arm yourself with ways to distract them when they start creating that monologue that you you know you're used to and, and know where that's going can you constructively shut them down if you're feeling like you know you've got you're strong enough to do that i mean if you're not you're not so don't push yourself but Could you go in armed with a few key sentences that are constructively assertive, not mean, but, you know, that will just immediately move the subject on? I mean, if if that sounds too daunting, what about planning ways that you can cope with their behaviours without it triggering you? So if you know they're going to do things, maybe you can remind yourself as you go in, "Mm, she's going to try and do that or he is, but I will not let that trigger me. You know, those sort of mental pep talks and and bracing yourself almost for what's going to happen and being very aware or trying to be aware of how you're feeling as they're talking if you're noticing that you're starting to get anxious or angry or you know dysregulation may be on its way if they don't stop talking soon maybe try to excuse yourself with the toilet or needing to get a drink you know whenever you start to notice it I appreciate that a lot of us don't notice it till it's too late. But I think if we're trying to make that mindful choice of going in, going, oh, I know this person's going to try to wind me up. So I think we can almost slightly hyper focus on being vigilant that time because we don't have to do this all the time. So it might be something we can manage. It's worth a try. You know, try to find someone else to chat to. Maybe if you're going with someone, you could always prep in advance and say, look, 
can you keep an eye when I'm talking to this person because you know how it goes and if you can sense you can see my body starting to stiffen or I'm giving you the look can you please come and intervene and just change the subject or say ask me to come and deal with something and take me away before I do something that I might really regret or embarrass myself if I dysregulate or or just continually feel rubbish by listening to it you know that could be another way of doing it this all sounds a little bit difficult how about going right back and just listing ways that you can improve the situation for yourself so getting someone you know well to look at it from an outsider's point of view and maybe they'll offer advice that you, that would work for you you know or, or trying to think well this person does this and this is usually how it goes what can I do to prevent that if they do so some of those things I've already mentioned would be on that list and another thing as well is it might not even be a particular person it might just be the event itself and having lots of people needing lots of things from you then you know all the sensory stuff can you take breaks where possible if you're going to be spending a long period of time with these people so can you go and walk the dog or go clean something up in the other room because everyone's been eating and drinking and you know, make excuses to go be helpful or can you get out of it with your phone suddenly ringing and you need to answer the call so you have to go and sit in another room and just answer you know there's, there's lots of ways setting boundaries for yourself is key and this is incredibly important as well if one of these family members or friends have other issues that trigger you such as addiction or severe mental health conditions where some of the behaviors can be really tricky for you to manage making a plan for that about how you would leave is also really important so for instance if someone is an is an addict having that conversation with them yes i will spend this time with you but if you are drunk or you get drunk whilst i'm there or you know whatever the substance of choice is i will leave immediately and i will not even make an excuse or if you don't feel able to have that conversation making an excuse when you notice they're starting to get drunk or whatever or if they're starting to dysregulate themselves finding a reason you having a couple of excuses that you can have in your bag of tools to use as and when you need it really is it's going to be really key for that because you don't want to get into a point where you're saying oh why are you doing this i don't want you to be drinking or i don't want you to be, i can't cope with this and then there being some sort of argument no one wants that so just just keeping your own boundaries and we can really struggle with boundaries when you have neurodivergence. So that's why I wanted to do things like this. I wanted to talk about that to try and get you to think about that ahead of time and look at how can I do that? Because I don't want to have to be in an environment with people doing that if I don't have to be. And you don't have to be. If it's things like co-parenting issues, which, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, preaching to the choir here with this one. You can try to work out which extended family on both sides will want to see the children and try to get their availability long in advance. Now, I do appreciate for the ADHDers out there, like myself, doing things ahead of time can be tricky. But with this sort of thing, we are capable of prioritising it if it's going to be something that causes us extra harm. And it doesn't have to be a big, big job. It could be that you just send a um, one text message to a group of people exactly the same one copy and paste it on your whatsapp whatever and start to find out what's going on you might want to create a group calendar or, or your ex-partner can do that you know give them also a role to do you know you want these people to i need to know who wants to see them on your side 
what their availability is and then let's try and do some sort of group calendar so we can all look at what the slots are and then there's no last minute rush which you don't need on top of everything else that Christmas likes to bring you. (laughs) Social expectations is another one for me. I think society has built expectations for everyone to be happy and social during Christmas you know when you look at social media films even listening to some of the lyrics and music it depicts this time of year as being something that you need to involve yourself hugely in with friends family parties you're supposed to be surrounded by people and fun and love and this can create quite a pressure for those who find socializing difficult or those who have volatile relationships with their family because it can really almost increase the feeling of loneliness can make it make you feel worse than you already do about these situations i feel this a lot i'm not great with socializing struggle with it the older i'm getting the harder it's getting and i think where i can i avoid it so i do i'm very socially isolated at the moment i am under a lot of stress trying to care for a family member alongside single parenting with no support from anyone else and that's really hard and especially when you're divergent and you struggle to even remember to do basic tasks by yourself let alone all these people that need you it's really stressful and then you you add Christmas in the mix it's massive and and the pressure of what if my child's going to be alone with me at Christmas and, and I'm failing you know my child all that sort of stuff a lot of it is pressure we do not need being forced to see certain family members or attend events that you know are going to be overstimulating is highly triggering. Just knowing you have to do these things increase the levels of, of anxiety that you can have. And I have an anxiety disorder as, as a comorbidity of my ADHD. So I'm already quite an anxious person. When you add more on, it does start to reduce my functioning, reduce my tolerance, reduce my patience cause more emotional dysregulation which people around me don't need and I certainly don't need to experience it because it's very painful. This sort of stuff can lead to catastrophizing and leading to distressing emotional dysregulation as you know all of these things that's the biggest thing for me that I cannot stand. So my advice for this sort of stuff is consider not spending time with people who trigger you as I said earlier. Finding ways to spend less time with them if you have to. Can you meet them for an hour or two for lunch rather than spend an entire day with them. That's a massive way of doing it where you don't have to be with them for such a long time. So the the risk of triggering is is lowered significantly. But aside from that, doing smaller events is also better for your well-being because you're getting more time in between to recharge. And when you get overstimulated as easy as I do when, when I have to do social events, that's really important to try and have that time don't be afraid to say no to social events so you don't need to offer a reason if this feels like it may trigger the other person your well-being is more important than the societal expectations or even your family's expectations of what they think you should do this is your life too and you know they say we want you there for the whole day well hang on if the whole day is going to mean that at some point i'm going to dysregulate or i'm going to really struggle and i'm either going to completely withdraw or I'm going to be triggered and might have a bit of a shouting fit, might get really grumpy and snappy or, you know, those sort of things. Well, that's going to ruin their day too. So actually, if I explain that to them, maybe they would rather I come for two hours if I'm able to be the me that they enjoy for that rather than risk that. So just have a think about things like that. 
And another one is the classic Christmas party. <laughs> so whether it's with your family, friends or your work may have an office party. These things can bring a sense of fear and, and oh, wow, I yeah, avoidance. That's always my go-to. I don't want to go, don't want to go. I'd rather find a reason that I don't go. And I'm imagining I'm not the only one that finds those things tricky. So if, with family parties, for instance, there could be, these could be full of people that we do know or, you know, some not so well, which people would assume, well, you'll be fine then, you know everyone, that's great. But actually that can bring its own set of pressures because they might expect you to talk to them, to update them on the last few weeks or months since you've last seen them. They might want you to get into the family gossip and politics of it all, which can be really tricky to navigate, especially with, you know, I'm thinking classically with autism, it can be really hard, the sort of conversation you can be quite literal but also understanding some of the undertones i am not a fan of office politics let alone family politics i tend to not understand the subtleties i can't notice those things very easily and so when people are trying to steer you one way i don't see it coming and i can be quite naive actually myself whether that's a trait or not is separate but it can be really tricky to navigate those things and people are trying to get you on side you know that that's not pleasant and you might miss things that are humor or you might miss things where social cues things like that and it's really awful if people point that out as well and you can feel embarrassed or you know afterwards that feeling of self-loathing it's not nice and then you've got office parties which can involve hundreds of people that you don't know and they can take place in large noisy you know even badly lit rooms which is just a sensory nightmare and certainly would trigger me into sensory overload all of those things together or even just one of them in my advice where possible if you've got any say over the venue ask for it to be accessible So find places that have less of the sensory triggers. That could be somewhere which has little rooms on the sides of it that you can go and have, you know, the quiet spaces so that you can get away when it gets too much. You would want to make sure that people are given clear instructions of how to get to the venue, where the exits are, if there's parking, the sort of things that can cause a lot of anxiety for people like us when trying to go somewhere new. I know for me, I struggle if I don't know that there's parking. I struggle if I don't know where the venue is you know what's near it so that i'll be able to identify it because my map skills are absolutely shocking even when i am following sat nav and it can be just overwhelming and therefore by the time you get there you're already in quite a a triggered state and to try and reduce that if you do have a say it'd be great if, if you can get those things put in place i mean even picking the right outfit for one of these parties can be really difficult so you know for the ADHD side of things, you might hyper-focus on it a bit too much. It's just an outfit, you know. <laughs> you might impulse spend because you don't know what's the best thing and you might overspend for one outfit. You might buy a few because you don't know what will be right. Even down to things like, which some people will call more of an autistic thing, but I think it can happen for both quite easily. Things like being told you need to wear smart casual. That can be quite confusing. It's like an oxymoron, isn't it? It's like, well, okay, so what does that look like? And some people will need a little bit more than that. So I think where you can, if you can ignore a dress code, I would. If you feel strong enough to do that, you know, I don't care if someone wants it to be like that. Well, if I'm not comfortable, I'm not comfortable. Because the other side of those outfits are that some of the smart events, some of that's 
clothing can be sensorily quite restricting and therefore if you feel physically uncomfortable it might make you itch you might feel like it's all too tight that can leave us with quite a triggered state so emotionally we might already then be a bit more anxious or a bit more impatient a bit more agitated because physically we feel horrible we don't like this and we just want this off to put our comfortable soft clothes on again so where you can avoid having to have outfits like that do obviously if it's a work one and it's a definitely smart black tie and you haven't got a choice can you find softer sort of stretchy <laughs> elasticated type clothes that look smart but are not necessarily tight suits and ball gowns you know that i think that these days you can even get things that are sort of seamless and things that don't have all the tags in that can be quite annoying and painful for people with sensory issues i'm just interrupting this episode to say thank you for listening i really hope you like it so far I don't make money from creating this podcast currently and I've always wanted to keep it free, inclusive and accessible for everybody so you can hopefully benefit from it as much as I do. It takes many hours to record, edit and maintain the podcast and there are costs incurred through things like recording and editing equipment, maintaining it online and getting tech help where needed, which I do need sometimes because I'm not tech savvy. I know times are hard, but if you're in a position to donate the price of a coffee, or even lower than that, every little helps me to keep this podcast free and accessible for all. To donate, simply go to the link in our bio on this podcast service you're listening from, or go to the Linktree website and search for MindVoxPod. This link is also on the bio of our Instagram and Facebook pages, which are also found by searching MindVoxPod. For those not in a position to do any of this, which is absolutely fine, you can help by following and sharing the pod across social media, telling your friends about us and rating and reviewing it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening and please enjoy the rest of the episode. And I think the other thing as well, when it comes to the workplace in particular, is there can be things like Secret Santa, which can be fun, but they can add so much pressure to us. You know, having to try to buy a gift for someone you might not know very well, they might give you a specific budget and a deadline. Well, my goodness, that can be pressure you don't need on top of the rest of the stuff you're doing at Christmas. So if you can avoid it or opt out of it, I would say do that. If you are one of the people involved in deciding whether there's going to be one, how about suggesting other options? Like, why don't we all donate something to charity? Or why don't we use the money we would have used for the Secret Santa for each of us to have lunch on a certain day together and we pay for our own lunch and we get just to pick our own lunch that takes all of the worry of pleasing someone else and finding something they'll like and doing it in the right time scale with the right money all of that stress is gone then and you get to have a bit more of a meaningful fun time with them rather than just launch a little five pound present at them you can sit and have half an hour lunch break and have a nice yummy lunch and have a chat and have a laugh so is there ways that you can change some of those office traditions for Christmas that will make it feel a bit better for you. Now with this pod I'm conscious of whenever I have to do my own pod without anyone else I'm always worried about it's just my voice going on for 30-40 minutes and there's no not even any jingle in the middle to break it up because I'm not technically clever enough to do that so I do apologise if this is getting a bit oh my god she's been doing it for 20 minutes now I can't cope. Do feel free to take breaks and come back to it as and when you wish because I'm not yeah as I said not talented enough to make this look a bit more jazzy but the other side of it the next thing is routine disruption so for Christmas your routine is completely out of whack and I know that some people will say well hang on if you've got ADHD I thought you don't like routine you get bored easy so you don't focus and the concentration's hard unless you're stimulated and routine is not stimulating well actually while some of that's true we may not like the routine 
but we know it works well for our heads. It works best where we know what we've got to do. We're more likely to remember things if it's become habitual. I say that now, but you know, it's habitual to have regular showers, but I still forget that. And I'm, you know, the wrong side of 35. So yeah, I I know what I say, but yeah, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a specialist. This is just my own views on how things might work. So if any of this is helpful, please take it. If it's not, just disregard it and skip. (laughs) But with routine disruption, I know for me personally, I struggle with my routine changing in any little way. And Christmas brings a lot of routine change. This can be adding in lots of events like parties, dinners, things like that. But even down to my usual routine with school. So there'll be other things I've got to remember to for my child to take into school. Or, oh, it's Christmas jumper day. Must remember to take put that out, get that ready, make sure it's clean. Not, not just give them the usual school uniform. Going to little fairs and making sure I pick them up at different times. And, you know, there's so much changes even things like remembering to get post out on time because the the royal mail will will change times and well this year we've got strikes as well so there's lots of things that are constantly changing and even the weather so it was snowing the other day if that happens again are you snowed in you know always being mindful of have you got enough for christmas if that was to happen so with neurodivergence we do benefit from consistent routines And this throws us off balance quite a lot. It can be really difficult to adjust to and it can really mentally overstimulate us, which leads to exhaustion if we're not careful. So my advice would be to try to spread out activities as far apart as you can, where you can allow some of each day or the week to include your usual routine. So rather than spending, you know, full days with people for Christmas, how about seeing them for a couple of hours each day so that the rest of the day you can still be doing a lot of the routine, whether it's your chores things you do for you, you know, however, whatever works. So it still feels like your usual days, but you're adding a few bits in rather than them being the predominant part. If you can't do that, and there are a few days, you need to definitely make sure you're putting time in between some of the sessions to recharge because the way we are overstimulated when we're in these situations can really lead to burnout and burnout's not nice. ADHD, autism, the burnout we get is significant and it's tricky. You know, it can it's way more than ADHD paralysis that I've talked about before. So making sure there's times that we can just be is really pivotal. But I'd say that that's the same probably for absolutely anybody. But especially us who, when we might have an hour with someone, that can then lead to two days of being absolutely exhausted because we've had to try and centre in conversation and maybe mask if needed um, and really listen to people. It takes a lot of energy to really concentrate and make sure your body and your face are doing what they're supposed to be doing while you're having the conversation and make sure you're taking it in and responding the way that you think you've been taught to respond. There's so much to it. It's a whole other episode. And having a schedule on your phone, maybe, or a calendar with the dates, times and locations and alarm reminders, definitely alarm reminders. These are your friends <laughs> when you're going through this and trying to navigate this change of routine because you don't want to be stressed that you're going to forget something or be late. Time blindness is a massive thing and we often forget appointments even in our usual routine. So if we can avoid that when we're trying to navigate this month put as much as you can into scheduling where possible so that you can reduce the guilt and the frustration and the self-loathing that you get when you miss things or you're late for things another key one is budgeting christmas is awful for that and for the best of people for everyone you know and at the moment we're in a massive 
economical crisis. So I would say where you can, plan out what you're going to buy. Impulse spending is massive for us. I'm hugely into that late night, doing it in the middle of the night, two in the morning. And it's really scary because even the businesses are aware of impulse spending. They really do target us ADHDers. That's why you tend to get their sale emails sent to you around midnight, you know, 11, 12 at night. There's a reason for that because they know we're up late and we'll catch that email and we'll go, oh, there's a sale. And a lot of people impulse spend in the middle of the night when they're in bed or when they can't sleep, you know, things like that. So they know how to get us. So please be mindful of that and even look at what time of day you're going to be trying to do your Christmas shopping. I would say setting yourself a budget for each person ahead of time and looking at doing it all online. Now, I know we can buy over overspend there, but I think trying to avoid going to shops where they on purpose put things at the sides of aisles and, and they place things purposefully to catch your eye where you're then more likely to buy more things like oh that would also be really great oh and oh I would like that for myself and then you end up that's why I now do a lot of my food my food shopping is online not just because of my physical the pain of walking around there but because I spend significantly less because I'm only buying the same things that are on a list on my computer and I don't see all those aisles with the new products and the sales so basically it's safer to do it that way I believe you know if you think otherwise do let me know um and the other thing as well is to try to avoid doing last minute shopping for gifts so really try and set the dates in the diary for where you can do your shopping for presents like I don't know three four weeks before Christmas day because when you're doing last minute there's a lot more pressure a lot more stress and impulsivity escalates it loves that sort of stuff it loves stress and our poor decision making that we can suffer from goes mental (laughs) it goes absolutely crazy so try to avoid doing it last minute i know that's easier said than done but there are alarms you can put in there's blocks of days and times you can block out ahead of time if you manage to listen to this before the week of christmas and i know i'm putting out there a bit late so maybe save this for next year too and the other area is giving and receiving gifts so gifts are one of the main parts of this season but it can be really painful for divergent people for many being given presents is the worst feeling for me a hundred percent most people love presents i absolutely hate them for, for good reason you know it's expected that you will show gratitude whenever you receive a present even if it's something that you don't like you know we're taught from a young age to pretend we like those things but when you're neurodivergent if you have the particular traits that i do for instance it can be really hard to hide your true emotions and your thoughts. I dread opening the gifts in case I'm going to offend someone because I will screw up my face and not not mean to and I don't want to hurt their feelings or I'll, I'll question it like why have you got me that or what am I supposed to do with this and not realising that's actually going to hurt their feelings until afterwards and I'm like oh no every time it's not purposefully and, and even if we don't say anything our faces can give it away and we can look dissatisfied and actually the other side of it is for some people with divergence that it, we don't show much emotion on our face so even when we're really really excited we don't look it I've had so many people over the years go we could at least smile while I've given you that or you know we're at this this gig and you have this person why do you look like you know you've just been smacked in the face I'm happy I just don't think to show that on the outside my resting bitch face as you like to say is is all the time 
uh, that's always has been and I can be incredibly happy but look very unhappy to the outsider so even if I like the present I might not look like I do I might not not look like I'm appreciating it and that is a massive thing so you get to the point where you just don't want to open things because you're worried that people will be upset with you on the other side of it finding and buying gifts can be that pressure like we've said so hopefully the previous advice I've given in this episode will help with that um, but we also have the other side of if someone doesn't like the gift we have that worry that rejection sensitive dysphoria will come you know ADHDs in particular are people pleasers that's one of our traits not everyone's like that but a lot of them are I am a people pleaser but I wouldn't think I was it's only recently I've worked that out because I don't I don't sit there going, yes, whatever you want, what do you want, what do you want? Of course I'll do anything. I'm not like that. I will moan about having to do things for people. I will moan and moan and moan, but I'll still do it because I don't, I can't cope with the guilt of not doing it. So that is people pleasing. It's just not obvious. And we have a huge fear of failure. So if you buy the wrong present, they don't like it. We blame ourselves and our inabilities and we think we're rubbish, even though you can't please everyone and we if you don't if someone's not telling you what they want how are you supposed to always know we just don't know so i think my advice really with that one 100 percent, is ask people what they want ahead of time then you know you're getting them something they want or agree not to have any gifts with each other if you do need to do gifts then maybe do it away from each other so maybe present the gift and then leave say look you know open it later or if they give you a gift say, i'm gonna open it a bit later thank you so much for that i'm gonna i'm gonna enjoy that tonight or something like that i think or even going if they want to do it now say look i'm gonna go open it in the other room that can be another way if they're not understanding that just be open and say look i'm really rubbish with my face and i might say things i don't want to look like i'm unappreciative because i am so i'd like to do it privately you might not want to say that it depends on the person that you're that you're getting a present from but where you can just try and open it somewhere else but also the other option if you can't do that is practice some generic phrases beforehand such as you know thank you for this it's great or thank you so much for for my gift which i would carefully say as soon as i've opened it before my brain has registered what the item is so maybe as i'm unwrapping i'm not even looking at the gift i'm just looking at them going thank you so much for my gift and then trying to turn around and that before I register the gift and look at it, just in case my face will pull a silly face or whatever. That's another option. I mean, I haven't tried that yet. I really do need to. But I think people around me just know that I've always been known as the one that will just be very honest if I don't like my gift. I don't particularly like that, really. Now I've got an explanation this year, although I'm sure that will give them roll- eye rolls. <laughs> it's my ADHD, sorry. But, you know, that's just how it is. But it is, and I'm now going to hopefully try these and I'll let you know if they work for me. But hopefully they'll work for you. With Christmas traditions as well, if I can get my words out, with Christmas traditions, sending cards, you know, decorating the house, planning Christmas dinner for like, I don't know, 20 people, organising elves to come into the house every day and do different things at night for your children. All this sort of stuff can be really tough with our executive dysfunction. So for me, trying to find ways to minimise these tasks this year now that I know how difficult that is for me, rather than just trying to do what I think I'm supposed to, I'm just finding ways to minimise it. So I'm only decorating the living room rather than all of the house because I don't think we need it all done. I just haven't got the capacity for it this year. There's too much going on and that's okay. If my son wants to do more, he can decorate more of the house. He's got the option. I just don't think he's like me he just won't be bothered (laughs) so we've got a tree up and that's it but other people you might not even want a tree that's fine do you need to have everything up do you need a proper Christmas dinner because I cannot stand turkey so 
Um, it's just a roast dinner to me, which I do most weeks. So does it need to be that great? Can we do something crazy? Like, how about we all just have our favourite pizza? Does it have to be the way that society deems we're supposed to have Christmas is my question to you. If you've got a lot of people coming, can you ask them each to bring a dish so that you don't have to do any of the cooking? Rather than writing Christmas cards, why don't you just send a generic a meme on your WhatsApp to a load of people at the same time? Or an e-card, which we used to do when I was a teenager, <laughs> um, and send that to a load of people at once, nice and easy. You know, those little things, ways that you can minimise it, because if we strip it back, Christmas is supposed to be about spending time with people we care about and enjoying our time even if that's not with people. It's not about what food have I produced? How much of it have I given to people? Have I given them all the right cards and gifts? Does my house look sparkling and beautiful and Instagram worthy? No, it's not about that. And we forget that because we've got so much pressure coming at us from every angle. So keep that in mind. Which traditions do you really want and which does it not matter so much about? And I think lastly, for me, the biggest thing is self-care this needs to be in your mind the entire festive season this has got to be a priority because it's your holiday too it can be really easy to get lost in prioritizing everyone else what they need what they want but if we aren't also a priority the risk is that we can get quite ill and as i said earlier burnout is vile for us we can lose our ability to function completely for a while if we're not careful and that's no good to anyone. So spend time with those who make you feel happy and appreciated and try and minimise time with people that do the opposite. Share out your tasks as much as possible so you aren't overloaded. You don't have to do everything. And also look at which ones do we just not need to do at all. Try to look at things that can be put in place to reduce triggering you during Christmas. So can you make sure you've got somewhere to always run off to, a quiet little space, somewhere in the building somewhere with softer lighting whenever you need to so that you can just quietly leave and then come back once you feel better and no one even notices you know rooms that you can go to when it gets too much are vital but i think also letting people know that you're going to do that and you don't want any fuss when you do is pivotal planning and scheduling where you can and getting people to help you so creating shared calendars as i mentioned before if that helps so that everyone knows where everyone's got to be and you know that could be really helpful and they can add things in so it's not all on you. Ensuring time for yourself is put in that calendar as well, or put in, you know, as well as time with you and a partner or a friend. You know, the good times for you is, is vital. And if anyone questions that, you can say, excuse me, <laughs> if I don't look after myself, how can I look after you? That's exactly what I would say. Talk to people that you trust about your ADHD or your autism or, or any of the other conditions mentioned explain to them how it can be you know what can affect them and what what you can look like when you're triggered to try and help avoid them misjudging you if you do need to walk out the room they're not thinking oh they're just bored or they're being rude they'll understand that oh, they're going to have a little bit of a self-care break that's fine understanding that okay it's not they don't want to spend all day with me it's that they can't do that with anybody and they just want to spend a couple of hours because that's when i'm going to get the best of them so really explaining those things i do appreciate that we still are living in a society where a lot of people, especially in higher generations than us, don't understand it and don't want to necessarily. I may mean, not believe ADHD exists, that's a big one. 
so you know you can't tell everybody you can't explain it to everyone and they'll necessarily understand some will not understand no matter what you tell them or show them or read to them you know but where you can try and then if they don't whatever at least you've attempted to and then if they still think you're rude whatever that's on them not you if you find things too much do not be afraid to leave early if you've gone somewhere or take time out as i said that's a pivotal thing that i really want to drum in there and above all as well stop comparing yourself to others and stop telling yourself that you should be doing this or you should be doing that should is not invited to this festive season i say this and i say it loudly because i think i need to listen to this myself because i'm the queen of shoulds we don't need to should okay there's no shoulds here we do what we want to do what we feel able to do we don't have to do anything other than keep ourselves safe And if we have kids, keep our kids safe. With that, I hope that wasn't too difficult to listen to just my monotonous voice for the entire whatever, 40 minutes or whatever. I do apologise. As I said, take breaks, skip over bits. Maybe someone can teach me ways to zhuzh it up a little bit (laughs) for the other episodes where I'm doing it on my own. Can you see why I tend to interview people? I do not like doing this by myself. Sometimes it's really tricky. Do feel free to send me feedback of ways I can make this pod better for you. I do want this to be as inclusive as possible for as many people as possible. And I do want to create content that you actually do want to listen to and might benefit from. So any ideas of future episodes, please email me or please DM me or whatever. All the links are in the show notes. If you want to give me some constructive, please only feedback about making these episodes better, please do so. Other than that, please have whatever makes a happy christmas for you i hope you have it i hope that you benefit from some self-care time i hope that you feel able to take the time when you need to i hope you enjoy some of it i hope that you are able to at sometimes be in the moment i struggle with that but i hope you're able to be in the moment with people really focus you know i'm going to try and mindfully watch my son open his presence not always just take pictures, not always just be thinking of the next thing I've got to cook. I'm actually going to try and be like, do you know what? Just watch the joy on his face if I've actually got the right presence. <laughs> That's another story. But try and find mindful moments where you can just notice around you what's going on. Because divergent people, we miss the good stuff. And then we live a life of, I wish I'd have noticed that back then when I was at school. I wish I'd have, I'd have spent more time noticing my baby when he was a baby and now he's a strapping old you know teenager we're constantly living in regret and i don't want us to do that anymore so enjoy where you can take time where you can and don't feel guilty you are doing the best you can and that is all anyone can ever ask for so merry christmas i will be back in the new year have a great new year whatever you choose to do or not do and i really hope that you will come back and listen to me next year bye guys if you've liked this episode please help us out by liking subscribing or leaving us a review as this helps us to reach more people. If you've got any ideas about topics to cover on future episodes or questions about the pod, or you even want to be interviewed for it, please get in touch on our socials using at MindVoxPod on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, or email us on mindvoxpod at gmail.com.